welcome to the Think Factory podcast. We got one question for you. What keeps you up at night? I'm your host, Chris Santamassimo from OGC Solutions. You can find us at ogcsolutions.com and you can also find the podcast at, at thethinkfactory.com as well as Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. And I'm really excited today to, to talk with a new friend, Casey Hendrick. Uh, Casey is the COO or the Chief Operating Officer at United Direct Solutions. So welcome to the podcast, Casey. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Oh, great. And uh, so, you know, what, what we've done a lot of lately is to really spotlight companies in the printing and packaging industries. And that's one of my first loves, of course. But, you know, you were one of the really interesting folks we were able to meet recently at a trade show. Um, and I wanted to really share the story about United Direct and uh, some of the really interesting things you're doing for your customers, particularly how you're furthering their marketing efforts. Because, you know, in this competitive economy, we're always looking for that that special edge that's going to bring us some more return on investment and help us get brands and uh, in front of new customers. So I'd love to hear more about what United Direct is, is doing. And let's not forget to talk about your recent branding change, too, for the company. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let, let me uh, share a little history of, of United Direct Solutions. So as you mentioned, um, in June of this year, we rebranded. Uh, we were formerly United Mail. And so our business uh, started back in 1980 as a pre-sort house or a commingler. Um, over the years, we developed into a full-service letter shop. Uh, we have multiple plants, one in our headquarters in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and our other plant, which is in Cincinnati, Ohio, creates great business continuity, disaster recovery. Um, we uh, have been high trust certified SOC 1 and 2, type 2. So uh, as far as data security, uh, we focus a lot on um, the security of all of our data because Healthcare is one of our main industries, financial, mm -hmm. um, continuing education. So those those arenas really uh, need a lot of uh, comfort as it relates to oh, that's data for sure. security. Yeah, so um, handling sensitive data and, and personally identifiable information, or PII, is, is uh, an everyday thing for United Direct. That's correct, yes. Uh, all of our teammates, uh, coworkers, go through uh, specialized training that cover us in both, both arenas. Um, one thing also to add, we are veteran owned. Um, that does, I think, uh, mean a lot to our staff and, and to our customers. It allows us to have a competitive edge in some cases. Um, but overall, it's really part, it's really good to be a part of that type of business. It's certainly part of the culture, right? Yeah, it is. It's, um, one of the things we really focus on is, is culture. Um, you know, we have the team first approach, uh, really believe in investing in our teammates, um, trying to have a safe environment, you know, where uh, people feel comfortable expressing their concerns and how things work and giving input. We really feel that goes a long way with problem solving. Um, so the more we can encourage our team to talk and be a part of uh, the solutions, you know, part of the uh, analytics that go on with behind our walls, that's an important, important thing to us. Well, and besides, you know, appreciating and respecting what veterans have done for us, uh, that team first approach, I, I suspect, is probably a byproduct of having you know, veteran owners, because that's how you know, that's how they grew up in the military as a, as a team first organization. 
Right. You know, and I think it does mean something special to us. You know, when you when you work for a veteran owned company, you know, the sacrifices and the commitment that they've they've had before us. And I, and I think that that type of characteristic does rub off on on the community. And so um, as we take team first approach, it's like, you know, how do we support each other? How do we help our teammate out? Um, you know, when somebody's struggling, how do we pick them up? So it, it's really a, a family, you know, we don't really consider ourselves a business. It's more like a family oriented um, type of culture. And I think that goes a long way because we really care about each other. That's great. And, you know, um, you guys are unique in a lot of ways, not not just the, the veteran owned status, but I was really impressed with um the how you guys came up, you know, how you guys came to where you are now, you know, you, you're not a business that started in the more traditional offsets side, but you've really been on the, you know, on digital side first when it comes to the direct mail business. Yeah, you know, our uh, ownership was very entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, if I'm saying that right. The, uh, and so I think it was um, one of the, the, the things that we, the way we grew up is that uh, we were a solution seller and not a product seller. And so mm-hmm. as we morphed into the letter shop operations in the digital print world, um, it really was apparent that personalization was the key to what, what one of our strengths was gonna be. And so we were, a, I guess you would call it Xerox toner shop for many, many years, and we still are, we do have, uh, some of those devices, but we added our first color inkjet in 2017. And then this past year, we added our first uh, web continuous inkjet. And so from there, we've been able to add another um, Canon IX, which allows us to print on coded stock. So when you're looking at the capabilities, uh, there's really not anything that we can't print. And if there's a need for offset, we have a great partnership with a trade printer that helps us out. So we really have all those bases covered uh, as it relates to print. Right. So really then, rather than making a conversion from offset to digital, you guys were digital first. But, you know, I always say too, I, al- I always think there's going to be a place for offset, especially when those long run jobs. So having that capability really kind of fills out your portfolio. Yeah, you know, I feel like there's been more of a market shift lately. And so, you know, I think there will always be a place for offset based on what those products are. But I think today's customers getting a lot smarter with, uh, you know, how they manage just in time printing, change management. You can eliminate inventory where you don't have cash on the shelf, you know. And so I think when you look at all the advantages that Inkjet, Inkjet brings to to our customers, it's really important to, to understand the whole kit and caboodle because although you might be able to print four million cheaper than, you know, uh, on a offset press than a digital press, you know, how often does that get thrown away? How fast is it outdated? You know, um, is it a one-time mailing? And so the the enhancements of the continuous web inkjet have come a long way. Um, price points aren't that far off these days. And I would only imagine that that'll just continue to, to improve. Right. And it makes you it makes you a lot more flexible in terms of short runs, customization. And as you say, if you got to make a change halfway through, uh, you've got the ability to do that pretty easily, which is nice. Yeah, and we, we do a lot of compliance mailings. And so, you know, um, speed to market is one of our uniques. Uh, we can turn things much faster than a lot of companies. And 
we have the ability to be flexible. So we don't make our clients, you know, conform to our process to to work. Uh, we customize everything for every customer, you know, and that's one of the one of the advantages of doing business with us. No doubt. And, you know, I, I've said on a few other podcast episodes about how important I think the direct mail uh, product and services to to brands. I know you're doing trans- transactional print, too, but you know, when when folks want to market, they're look, looking for that lasting impact somehow. And when they're or when they're sending a business uh, communication, they want that lasting impact to get it there uh, on a piece of paper and in an envelope rather than by email or by text message. Um, I mean, it's, that, that's got to be part of your formula too, I would suspect, right? Yeah, we really transformed over the last five years to be more omni-channel, and, and by omni-channel, we talk about touches. Um, I think that what you want to do for the the clients that want to utilize direct mail is you have to have a multitude of ways to connect with the end customer. And so that could be a mail piece. It could be an email. It could be a text. um, It could be a couple of this and a couple of that. Uh, You know, we have a a platform that we can do social media matches. Um, We have the ability to do texting and emailing. So when we build a campaign for a client, we're using data analytics to see, okay, well, how's this person going to best respond? And so we know if they're going to respond best by a mail piece, and then, you know, maybe it's a text, and then maybe it's an email or so on. So we have a, a lot of strategy uh, to really increase response rates with our clients. Would you say that the, you know, the strategy is going to depend on demographics sometimes, like age and location and things and maybe even income level things like that absolutely i mean i think as you look at you know demographics that plays a huge part you know and it's kind of like you know you can remember i don't know 10 20 years ago probably still today you know mail's gonna die it's not you know print's gonna die there's not gonna be anything out there and you know i think the younger generations like going to the mailbox because it feels personalized and there's data that suggests that you know and when you look at screen fatigue I mean, how many emails do you delete every day and you don't really look at? So it's kind of like, is that an effective way? Um, is it IP targeting? You know, is it social media? You know, it, it, there's so many ways um, to talk to your customers um, that you really have to take advantage of all of them and know which method is going to be the best way. So that would improve your uh, response rates. I would agree. And, you know, I think when uh, companies started to have this more of an omni-channel approach, you would say that uh, they would traditionally start with direct mail and then look for a response to direct mail. But some of the things I'm hearing about United Direct suggests that there's going to be a combination of things. Sometimes direct mail is not the first part of that campaign, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the, the important starting place, um, you know, is to find out what pain points our clients have. You know, so where can we be of assistance? And then it's about budget. What's your budget? You know, and so back in the day, you might mail 100,000 and hope for a 1% response rate um, when you burn through all your your budget. And then in today's market, it might be more of a mixture. So how can we test different ways of, of getting response? And that could be, you know, obviously direct mail is expensive. So if you're mailing to the right data list or the right people or the you know the models that suggest they're going to be a good response rate, then you know you're going to win the game. And that's really what we're trying to do for our customers is help them understand who they should be mailing to, who they should be emailing to, who should we be calling. And so the more 
we can assist in that in that process, the better uh, success they're going to have. What would you say is a a good response rate for just a plain direct mail campaign anymore, realizing that you're being more strategic about who you reach? Um, it, well, you know, when you say good, that varies, you know, um, depending on what the what the core is. But we're somewhere probably between four and six percent with most of our healthcare response right. rates, which we feel is pretty strong. Um, you know, and so there have been some campaigns, you know, we've done for utilities, you know, when you talk about like free light bulbs or something like that. And it's like, well, your response rate jacks up because everybody wants something free. Right. So, um, but I think as we look at new client acquisition and the different verticals we're in, um, you know, we have a pretty strong, pretty strong feel um, for what those response rates are and how to get there. What I love on the direct mail side, too, is the lasting effect of it, because if you get like to your point earlier, if you get an email if it doesn't hit you right as you get it, you're probably going to delete it or just ignore it. But direct mail kind of lasts around. It's going to stay around the house a bit uh, for customers, maybe until they get a chance to think about it, or maybe they pick it up in a week or two after they get it. Yeah, you know, there's there's no doubt in my mind that direct mail is still the number one best way to market one-to-one because you know people are hitting their mailbox. You know they're at least thumbing through it. So some of the strategy is, how do you change the look of your mail piece to get someone to open it? Do you make it look like a bill? Do you make it look like it's handwritten? Do you put a stamp on it? And so there are definitely a lot of uh, data points out there that suggest if you can get someone to open it, then you're definitely um, in the right the right ballpark. And even the day of the week, you know, we mail stuff on certain days of the week, so it arrives on certain days. Um, you know, they say, like, you don't want anything showing up on Friday because most people for the weekend, you know, and to your point, maybe it goes on the kitchen table till Monday. But at the same time, uh, you can strategize around deliveries. That's true. You know, and on the omni-channel side, too, you know, what have you what have you seen change or evolve in the last couple of years? You know, what's sort of new out there that you folks are doing that, you know, customers are or potential customers ought to know about? Oh, well, you know, when you think about new new services or what's changed, you know, one of one of the biggest changes in the industry is just how the data is managed. When you think about, you know, different email domains getting blacklists and people opting in or opting out and states changing the rules, you know, you really have to have a trusted partner because, you know, you can't just start emailing whoever you want or texting whoever you want. And so that process is closely regulated, so it's important that you understand that. And then if you're dealing with P- PII, you know, you can't um, be texting loose uh, PDFs and so on, you know, unless it's encrypted. And so I, I think really when it comes down to, to new and, and what's going on, I think there's more talk, uh, more planning around data analytics as far mm-hmm. as what the end consumer, how they want to be communicated with what's the best model for them um, and then really just data security because as you start emailing and talking to different groups um, it only takes uh, you know a little bit of one problem to create a huge fine you know a lot of liability and so uh, I would only imagine that you know the way that the rules and regulations have changed over the last five years it's only going to be times 10 moving forward yeah, I mean, being careful, uh, number one, is uh, or is job number one, I think, 
right. making sure that you're using the right data sets and, and contacting only the right people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like you really have mm-hmm. a, a you really have a grasp of what that what those rules are and how you can you know how you can operate successfully and safely within them. Yeah, you know, we've partnered with uh, several data companies, um, and over the years, our expertise and what data to pull, who's going to buy that, how we're going to shop there, et cetera, um, that adds a lot of value um, because sometimes, you know, believe it or not, the end customer doesn't really know, or they have all this data, but they don't really know how to mine it. Um, or they can't really put their thumb on what's effective uh, because you know data collection at the end for success. Like, well, we mailed ten thousand, we had fifty people sign up. Is that a direct result of the mailer? Is some of that organic? You know what's going on? Well, if you know that your customer model looks like this, and you can pick those folks out and strategically mail to more people that look like that it's going to increase your ROI. So sometimes customers just need a partner to kind of work through that with them. Um, You know, we traditionally, you know, years ago, were more of an execution company, like bring it to us and we'll get it done. Well, now over the past couple of years, we've transformed to more of a a consulting type partnership where it's like, hey, why don't you tell us what's going on? Let's help you uh, solve that problem. And when people open the doors, then our teams that really understand how the how these models work, how the the, the transactions take place, can really help benefit um, the end customer or client. Well, apropos to your new name, right? United Direct Solutions, right? You're gonna take them really from the beginning of the of the of the path all the way to the end until the the thing is mailed. Yeah, and that was you know really while we're talking about the the, the name and the rebranding, that was. One of the driving reasons for the change, you know, we were United Mail, which when you think about that, it's like, well, I guess they're a mail house, <laughs> you know, which you don't yeah. take print, you don't take omnichannel, the electronic services. You know, we even have a web storefront to print. You know, you can go online, works great when, when you have multiple agents or procurement folks out in the field. And so um, that old name, United Mail, kind of, you know, cornered us to where it was like we were looked at a certain way. Well, now we've changed to the United Direct Solutions and it opens up all this realm of like, oh, okay, this company can do a lot more than just mail. And that that really has had a, a really positive impact on on us and this year. Yeah. One, one question I have too, if, if I'm a customer that has my own big data set, uh, people that I've accumulated over time, are you able to take my data set and do some of that analytics that you're talking about, being able to use some of the data sources you have to make sense out of it all? Absolutely. Um, I think that happens, you know, often, pretty often, because we want to take, you know, existing data models, uh, new models, find that, you know, you kind of mer- merge them together, uh, you know, with a data scientist that looks at these things. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we do take uh, existing data all the time and look at it differently, uh, mine it differently, help the customer understand what's going on there. That's super important. Um, yeah, because you know, at the end of the day, if you've got people that have already signed up to be uh, contacted by you, you got a little bit more of a fertile data set, but if you can make better sense out of it, all the better, for sure. Yeah, and, and, it, and it helps us grow, you know, just like, um, like I would think, you know, the world's evolving industries change you know we want to stay ahead of the game you know we don't necessarily want to be 
and you know a, a guinea pig uh, but we want to be early adopters of, of what we're doing and one of the things we focus on at united direct solutions is continuous improvement and that's not just you know in the print shop that is everywhere so the more we understand about what's going on in the market what's changing technologies um, we're only going to be stronger and be able to help our customers more fantastic and speaking of that you know in terms of improvement and evolution what do you see coming up for 2024 that you know might be important to customers or some things that you're gonna uh, think about expanding into for 2024 oh well there's a there's a number of uh things that we you know talk about um, our annual planning offsite meetings in January. So you know I, I think as we look more into 2024, you know it, it's more about automation for us. How do we automate? How do we do things faster? Um, how do we do things with less risk? you know and that that does you know when you're when you're talking about human human risk or you know, human element, how do we solve for that? So we are um, ISO certified. So we do have a quality management system that we keep to. I already mentioned the continuous improvement, but I, I think as, um, you know, we talk about new services, it's really to branch out more in the data analytics side with our customers, you know, for they feel more comfortable sharing different things with us so we can help turn around and help them grow. Um, and then just automating. I think you know when you automate, you remove the human element, and so that's a that's a main priority for us is really staying engaged with the technology that's out there. AI, you know, when you talk about AI, there's a lot that goes along with that. You have to talk about policy. You got to talk about ethics. You got to talk about is it self-contained? Is it out in the world? And so um, we're really going to be focusing on those types of enhancements next year and how we can utilize those technologies for our clients and i think the technology you know some people view it in a fearful way because they mm -hmm. think it displaces people i like to think that there's some element of raising people up to to do better things because you take some of those routine tasks off their plates exactly yeah. yeah that's so i'll say firsthand our team is a little bit worried in certain departments um, they think it is out there to replace people and I'll say that, you know, AI is not ever intended to replace human decision making. <laughs> so we, we have to have human uh, elements. I do agree exactly with what you said. In most cases, it's like an assistant. It can do a bunch of remedial or administrative type tasks for me. But when you think about even like business writing, you can write something, it'll rewrite it. You know, it makes it professional. It can give you some ideas. So even if you're just using it for um, enhancing your own skill set or knowledge base, uh, it's super important, but that's why you got to have the uh, the policy and the ethics, because as you start to um, use it more often, you can kind of uh, screw yourself up if you're not in a contained AI model. Yeah, plus you need to know what you're looking at. Um, to your point about not replacing humans, if you don't have a human that can you know, come to the table with knowledge and understand, is it a good job? Did AI do the right thing or the wrong thing? Uh, you know, if you just assume it's right, I think you're going to make a mistake quite often just because the AI is not where it, where it needs to be to be able to do that. Yeah, they, there's actually a term with AI called illusions. And so, you know, it's not all the way right all the time. And so you have to be careful uh, with 
what you ask it to do and what it tells you, and then you have to validate it. And so as you train the AI more with the automation, you know, if it's machine learning or doing certain tasks, um, then that can really benefit you. You know, um, one of the areas that we, um, you know, look at is like accounting, accounts payable, accounts receivable. You can really fine tune those uh, processes to do a lot of the busy work, but you still need people there to see it because it's money, you know, and you have to decide what's going on, you know, but that there's a lot of areas that, you know, when you start to think about if I spend more than three, four hours a day doing something, then yeah, there's got to be a better way for sure. No doubt. Well, that's a, that's a great attitude going into 2024 because it looks like you guys are set up not only for a good year in 23, but hopefully even growing faster in 24. Yeah, you know, one of the exciting things about uh, what's going on in our in our business today is, is we're growing. Um, it's a great place to work. A lot of talent, a lot of great people, great culture, right attitudes, um, you know, and I think everybody here knows that we're here to serve each other and our customers. And that's like, you know, the vision that you want to have. And so as we look at these technologies, you know, it's it's more or less how do we stay ahead of the game? you know, market competitive and, you know, ultimately we're here to serve. I mean, that's a great way to to sort of end our discussion, but I have to compliment you because I don't think you said the word I once during this. You always about the team and we and us as a group and uh, and being complimentary about your team. So th- if that's uh, any indication of the culture, I think you guys are set up well. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, it really it really is about the team. You know, there there is. There's no company without the sets of individuals and people that, that work here and the things they do and the sacrifices they make, you know, and and like I said earlier, it is a lot like family, you know, not literally, but we spend a lot of time together. Um, you know, we we all celebrate, you know, the wins and we all feel the defeats. And so it's it's good for us to have each other's back. And I think it when you look down at the end of the day, teamwork is what will make us ultra competitive in this marketplace. That's a great way to end. And and I have to say, great spokesperson for United Direct Solutions and all the good things you're doing. So thank you so but, much. Well, if you're out there looking for a, a great partner in the, in the direct mail and marketing and omni-channel business, uh, love to have you check out United Direct Solutions and Casey, uh, where can they find you on the web? Uh, you can go to udesolutions.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn where, where our web page is there. Terrific. Well, just, uh, just to sum it up, Casey, thanks so much. Again, great spokesperson for your company and for your team. Um, Casey Hendrick, the Chief Operating Officer at United Direct Solutions, doing some amazing stuff as a team down there. And just to uh, close it off, I'm Chris Santamassimo, the host of the Think Factory podcast. Uh, great conversation today, and we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you, Chris.